Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360, and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by Craig Foster, Director of Global Enterprise Account Management at Deliveroo. And we're here to talk about how they used Slack to deliver 1 million free meals to their NHS frontline staff during the height of the pandemic. Craig, welcome to the show. Yep. Hi, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Could you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I, I've been at Deliveroo roughly sort of two and a half years. I, I, I joined just before lockdown and I'm I'm on a team called, it's a bit of a mouthful, it's the sort of global enterprise account management team. What that is in short is we look after our biggest partners. We have around seven of them. They're, they're what we call quick service restaurant brands, many that you'll be very familiar with, KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, those sorts of brands. Uh, and we're really, we really act as the guardians across our 11 markets, helping support local markets whilst also trying to build preferred relationships with our with our biggest partners oh lovely stuff thank you for that um and i was just reading a little bit more on the sort of hashtag feeding the frontline initiative that you carried out during the pandemic uh tell me how the idea for that came to be well, look, I was I was two weeks in uh, when lockdown hit, so we were all sent home. So I barely knew anybody at Deliveroo, and then we were, you know, pretty much quickly sitting opposite our opposite walls at home, with our with our laptops, uh, trying to work as a team in a really sort of agile and and sort of fairly changed setting, right? Mm. But during that period, obviously because of what was happening on the front line, we were talking you know, quite openly in the organization about how, what, what we could do to help, you know, what things were, were in our strengths could we do to help what was happening to the whole country? Um, and so the idea came up, look, you know, we saw nightly news articles, uh, stories, it, it, you know, every, it, everyone was very aware of what was going on. So doctors, nurses, all frontline workers were really struggling actually just in their sort of 24-7 role. But actually one element of that was not being able to eat properly uh, and get meals at the right times. And so we thought, well, this is something we can leverage. We have a really great strength in this area. So why don't we get involved and do something like this? And so that was where Feeding the Frontline was, was really formed. Um, and I was asked to lead it. So barely started and I was asked, can you lead this project? Can you build a team to make this happen? And it really was a blank sheet of paper of, okay, so what's the challenge? I need to create some supply as in like restaurants. Um, and that's the equivalent of getting donations from people and asking for their really good generosity of our biggest partners and lots lots of independent partners to donate meals. And at the same time, trying to figure out, well, now if, if we get the meals, where do we send them to? So trying to build relationships really quickly with uh, hospitals hospitals and trusts and all manner of sort of clinical areas where we could ultimately agree a number of things that we can send them on a weekly basis, a daily basis, basically catering for their needs, really. Uh, And what what did you kind of do, you know, tech wise? And how did you implement those sort of communication tools to help get the campaign up and running? Well, tech wise was a mixture of things. But predominantly, you know, we I, I guess we use Slack as I guess we call it a digital hub, right? So it enables me to 
of course, we're using documents like Google Sheets and uh, video calls and, and having all sort of manner of conversations. But this Slack enabled me to create different channels where we could host materials and start up conversations. I could also, you know, like I was saying, I was brand new to the to the to the business. It enabled me to contact people via Slack and say, "Hey, I'm Craig. I've just joined the business, and we're we're leading this initiative." can I get some volunteers from your team? I'd like X number of heads. And I was making those sort of um, contacts via Slack and then creating channels in which we would then communicate to teams. And within those channels, I'll give you an example. A feeding the frontline channel would be the, the, the core source of truth one. And we'd host lots of materials in like in there, such as, you know, how do you pitch to a restaurant? Here's a list of NHS trusts and hospitals and clinic, clinicians. Here's a Google sheet showing all of the different restaurant partners that we need to contact. And so basically, building a repository of information all through Slack in which we could communicate very quickly to all of the parties concerned. And, you know, as we got more and more volunteers, we can add them to the various channels. So it just enabled us to to work in a a really sort of quick fashion. Uh, Email's often too clunky, too slow. Phone's too messy sometimes. So just one sort of portal where we we could act and make this thing happen fast. Yeah, no, it's a really, really good idea, especially like during the, the, the pandemic when you can't meet face to face, you really just do need that kind of like digital HQ to kind of like coordinate your efforts in a way. Um, what would you say was like the biggest challenge you encountered um, and how did Slack help you overcome it? The biggest challenge? God, uh, there were several. Um we were using lots of people to do almost like outbound sales calls. Essentially, you know, you're you're speaking to restaurant partners to get donations, but you're also speaking to uh, doctors and nurses and heads of trusts to get their buy-in on receiving meals. And so we had a number of people that were it wasn't their job. We had executive assistants, we had people from our recruitment team, we had people from our public comms team, we had other other volunteers in other various departments, and so we had a variety of skill sets that we needed to sort of get up to speed fast. So in enabled us to to have a channel where we could host quick FAQ guides of like, you know, here, here are some of the objections you might get. Here's how to overcome them. I, I would say that was probably the biggest challenge. Outside of things, we weren't using our, our app for the for delivery. Uh, so, you know, usually if, if you're a customer on Deliveroo, you would order something, it would sync you up with a rider. It's all very clever software happening in the background that links that rider to a restaurant to bring you your food, right? This was all happening outside of the app. So what we were doing, we were using spreadsheets um, to host all of the meals that have been donated. For instance, you know, Pizza Hut giving us 100,000 meals or KFC giving us 5,000. Aligning all of that inventory up with a number of providers and, and trusts and the hospitals and essentially trying to match demand and supply. Uh, and that was all being done through Sheets. But what was happening at the same time is the dialogue is happening in Slack. So somebody would put something in, they're going, hey, I've just got a donation of 2,000 from this local restaurant restaurant up in London, they're willing to give 2,000 meals, and and where can we give them to? And then somebody on the hospital team, so we would assign somebody to run the hospital team, then say, right, we can do that on a Tuesday and Thursday at this trust, thereafter 200 meals a day. Brilliant. So we would start to match the supply and demand. So all of this happening you know, via Slack really quickly with conversations and threads happening at pace. That's actually like kind of kind of really cool to hear that kind of like success story of how you can stay connected when that world, the world kind of shuts down in that way. Um, how did Slack help you end up surpassing your initial goal? 
Well, look, there's a very human thing to this in in the sense that so so the you know we sat there and thought, well, how can we create something that is a, a goal that we'd all be proud of, which is the five hundred thousand meals. You know, the, these are numbers that we put. We look at the conversations we're having with with um, suppliers, and we think, well, where can we get to as a number? Let's set this as a goal. Eventually, we got to a million. But the, what I was saying about the human quality is. Bear in mind, we're all at home, right? Nobody was was interacting with anybody else face to face, and and many of us, you know, sat in bedrooms, you know, single single people sat at home by themselves. It's not great, and we're working incredibly long days. This was a, an intensive project. Some people were doing their day jobs at the same time, so trying to sort of balance those two. Slack has a really lovely feature of being able to add emojis and emoticons and all manner of things of videos and photos, and as much as that might seem sort of simplistic, it actually does create or enable sort of better morale and, and motivates people because people can see things happening live. So when somebody gets a donation of 2,000 meals, they suddenly get 20 likes, 400 love hearts, you know, all manner of things happening in Slack. So you can imagine when people are working long, hard days, that that's a real boon. So I think Slack just having that community feel that everyone's in the channels all talking to each other all immediately responding all saying well done that's a great and then on top of that seeing the actual output of our efforts right so doctors and nurses sending us photos and videos and thank you messages and then physical thank yous being sent to the office that we then saw from the postman who would send us photos so so all manner of like gratitude that it felt such an altruistic thing that we were doing we felt that this was like one of the most amazing things we could be doing in such a, a pressured and and very delicate time for the whole population right we felt part of the effort of part of this sort of the sort of war front that it was it was being called by the government at the time so i think we, we felt part of that machine really and slack enabled us to host all of those things to showcase that and keep people motivated i, I guess this this campaign is kind of I, has it changed the way that you use slack and maybe even other tech tools at delivery moving forward I mean, certainly with Slack. I mean, I I often will create channels and close channels for short-term projects. You know, if we were um, even or even like there's more human things like someone's leaving or a birthday, right? You set up a quick channel and you can get donations and you can get thank yous and then and then that channel closes down. But we we use channels for all manner of things. So um, project work, specific tasks that might need a week's focus from four or five individuals, create the channel, everything can be dropped there. You can you can respond quickly and and ultimately drive towards solutions far more quickly. And and you know, it just it enables collaboration in an environment remotely that just doesn't happen sometimes even in person. So I think that's the beauty of it. And that's how I've really sort of mastered it in in the sort of two and a half years since. Mm, lovely stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Craig. I think it was a very, very important kind of success story to share. And I hope other companies sort of take your lead on that. Cool. Very nice talking to you, Matt. Yeah, and you. And uh, also, thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took a lot away from today's episode. But for further information on what we discussed today, please head on over to Deliveroo.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com. Mm-hmm.